I'm Dana Healy, and you're listening to Cities Speak. Dwayne Pulford, a resident of Lauderdale since 2008, was recently elected onto the city council and is now a member of the North Suburban Communications Commission that oversees us here at Nine North. Councilmember Pulford retired on July 3rd from the IRS after working there for over 37 years. He is also the past president of the Border Terrier Club of America, the Rochester, Minnesota Kennel Club, and enjoys showing his dogs. He's also the president of Dorothy Day House in Rochester, Minnesota. Today, Councilmember Pulford will give us a glimpse into life as a city council member for the city of Lauderdale. Dwayne, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. So um, tell us, why did you want to run for city council, which now you've been on for about six months. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell us, what was the thought process behind running? Actually, I was... Um recruited the the mayor um, mayor Gage uh, and then um, yeah, council member Danes uh, who was past mayor uh, asked me to run and they um, I guess in conversations with them over um, the years um, as I walked my dogs around the city I'd meet people and um, they thought I'd be a good addition to the city council so they asked me to run and I said yes that's awesome well uh, tell me a little bit about your history with Lauderdale. Lauderdale. So you've been here since 2008. Um, what were some of the things about the city that um, you really love? Like what parts of the community do you love? Um, well, when the, the reason I moved to Lauderdale, I wanted a certain type of house, more, more like a bungalow style. And I was actually looking at a different part of uh, like Como area mm -hmm. of St. Paul. And um, but my realtor said, you know, I have, you know, this house I think you might like. Um, it's kind of outside the area you were looking at. And I saw the house and um, I wanted a fence in the backyard for my dogs. And it just kind of fit. And this was in like the fall of 2008. Uh, and, and that's when the market was kind of crashing. You know, you know that was a very rough year. <laughs> and, and so I put a bid on the house and got it and, and moved in. And... Uh, I, I like um, Lauderdale a lot because it's easy to get around the cities, for one. Uh, it, it feels like a small town. We don't have sidewalks in Lauderdale. You know? So when I walk my dogs or people walk around town, they walk in the streets. And, and the traffic isn't that heavy that you feel it's dangerous or anything like that to do so. So it, it has a great uh, small town feel. Um, and because you know it's, it's such a small city, seven by seven blocks, it's um, you're close to the city government. I mean, I, I after living in Lauderdale for a year or two, I went to a city council meeting. You can do that; it's easy to do. You know, you just walk down the street. Same for voting. You just you walk down the street, vote at city hall. At, you know, and and it's that's kind of nice. So I, I kind of enjoy that in, in town. That's really interesting. Seven blocks by seven blocks. So it's a got that small town feel. When you first moved here, how did you get plugged into the community? Was it just from walking your dogs around and meeting people? Um, yeah, 
basically, a lot of it. Um, I it did join uh, St. Matthew's Episcopal Church in uh, St. Anthony Park. Uh, that, and then that's kind of basically it. You know, you walk around. I, I, I know a lot of people will recognize me. They may not recognize me if they see me on the show because I don't have a baseball cap on. Um, I had one person tell me that, that they saw me on a city council meeting and like, who is that guy? And then, oh, he doesn't have a cap. <laughs> or he doesn't have the dogs. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I think a lot of, and I just, yeah. It, interesting with Lauderdale, when I talk to people, it's, it's, it's a nice mix of blue collar, white collar. There's, um, you have a dentist and um, a college professor or a welder, uh, somebody who works with, you know, iron worker. Um, then, um, so it's, it's a nice mix that way, which I kind of like in the town also. That's awesome. Um, so you ran for city council. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell, tell us a kind of bird's eye view. What's it like to be a city council member for uh, the city of Lauderdale? Um, there's a, you know, it's a job. It's a, and with any job, especially this, you don't have any prior experience. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it, there's a learning curve. Um, uh, like I um, have ran meetings before in different organizations, but it's much more structured. Um, and uh, you getting used to this is the agenda and how it works, <laughs> basically, you know. Uh, and so, it, and it's more formal because it's council, you know, it's, it's not Mary for the mayor or Jeff, it's, it's Mayor Gaish, uh, Councillor Danes. Um, and uh, so it's, that's some of the things, and just how this, the city works and is managed. So it, it, you know, you have to kind of learn those things and, and learn what you want to do on the council or what, you're, uh, what you think you can add to the council. So, and, so let's talk a little bit about that. So 37 years uh, working with in the IRS, um, what skill sets do you really lend itself to being on the city council that you think that the city is benefiting from you being there? Um, you know, not as much, I think with my, well, my IRS career was a lot working with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, my last job with the IRS was working with a volunteer income tax assistance program, which, um, pro uh, I work with nonprofits to file tax returns free to low to moderate income people. So I'm not working directly with the public. I work with an organization that will work with the public. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think some of that is, is a little bit of problem solving, mm -hmm. but it's also finding your role in the council. I'm, I think one of the things I'm going to do is, uh, is try to make sure things are explained well. You know, um, uh, if, if, if they're using jargon or a word that's not common to maybe explain that, like what is it? Because if I don't know what it is, then the general public won't know who it is, if they're, if they're sitting in the council meeting with me or they're going to watch it on uh, when it's played later on on uh, Nine North. Yeah, that's a great tactic. So to, to be able to ask those questions uh, for the benefit of all these other people that are, are going to be watching and listening to these city council meetings, that's a great yeah. idea. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about projects. What okay. are some projects that are happening in the city of Lauderdale that you're excited about or you'd like to let the residents know about? Okay. Um, well, there, right now we're 
we've been working on for the last few years. Um, or I shouldn't say, I almost want to, I don't know if I should say we, because this started before I got on the city council. So I, it's still being worked on. Um, it's a 1795 project, which is the former Lauderdale School, and then it became the Chinese ch Christian Church. So um, it's the redevelopment of that parcel of land. And uh, what they're looking at doing is a 114-unit um, uh, low-income senior citizen housing there, uh, which would benefit the city in, uh, because it would create a tax base. Because there's, it's been tax-free. We, you know, we haven't been getting any taxes off of it, so we get some taxes off of it. Um, some money would also be set aside in this project for the city parks. Um, and then there would be a bonding that will happen that the city will get some money for doing the bonding. The bonding, the developer is reliable to pay that back. But because they're using the city of Lauderdale authority for bonding, there, there's a fee that we can collect for that. Okay. Um, so, all, you know, the project goes through, it will lower the tax base uh, or help lower our tax base and everybody's taxes a little bit if it does go through. So how many units are, do you, do you know how many units will be 114 in units. 114 units. Uh, most of them will be, um, 86 will be one bedroom, uh, 28 will be two bedroom units. Uh, <clears throat> and that what's kind of holding up the project is this um, funding for it for low-income housing. Mm. Uh, it's done through um, Minnesota Management and Budget, and there's a process that's kind of complex. So um, what happens is if um, there's what's called preservation, which is existing low-income housing, they get funding first. Then there's 50% uh, of median income uh, will get funded before us. And actually between those two is Section 8 housing, uh, if there's Section 8 housing. And then our, our type of project, which is low income for senior citizens. Um, so what can happen when it, through January and July, there's uh, the funds come, become available. And then, so if these other projects come up that like preservation, even though we're on the list, they, we, they get funded before us, gotcha. before our project. So that's what has happened uh, with us. But we're, we're working with the developer to see if they could, um, if they could do private financing and maybe not go through the state and the credits, or they may uh, change the project in some ways to get to like that 50% medium income. Um, and then, uh, which would put us a little bit higher on the list to get funded. So how long do you think that wait is gonna be? So if you're already kinda down on the list. Yeah, well originally they said it would take uh, three to four years. Okay. And in the city, my thought about it is the city knew that and, and um, so they're, I think we should give them the three to four years, you mm -hmm. know, because they, they said it generally takes a while um, before we start looking at something else, uh, sure. seriously. but. Or we, we kind of give up on that this is going to work. <laughs> but but they, the developer knows we want to go through with it, and so they're looking at other options, So um, which is good. I think it's, it'd be a, um, a good project for the city. Um, that And it would, 
I think it would be it would benefit the community a lot because it's because it's going to be senior housing. That means some seniors will be selling their homes in Lauderdale and moving into this. So then we get families moving in. So it will. Um, I think that would be nice for the community to have and for somebody to think that they can still stay in Lauderdale because we don't have that senior housing in Lauderdale at this time. So generally do you feel that the community supports this project? Yeah, I yeah. think they do. I, uh, I like that idea that you just laid out was so the new families will come in with the kids and then people can still maintain, stay in the city limits. Right. Um, so do you find that people who live in Lauderdale, they want to stay there like for as long as they can? Uh, yes. When, again, when I walk my dogs, I found a number of people who grew up in Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. They either bought their parents' house or the house next door or just on the block. Um, uh, I talked to uh, Daryl Goodmason. He has a son that lives right across the street from him and another son that lives on Walnut down a block or so. Um, so, and that's very common. Yeah, that, I've met quite a few families that own houses on the same block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if there's only seven square blocks there, <laughs> yeah. you know, so that's really interesting. It just, it speaks to what the community is though. You know, right. the community, yeah. people want to be there and they yeah. want to raise their kids and share that community life yeah. with them. Yeah, there was one family um, who lived right across from the mayor's house and their house was just too small. and. They did not want to leave Lauderdale, so they they sold their house and moved within Lauderdale, just a few blocks away. Yeah, it's funny uh, because you have to wait for houses to come for sale, and maybe you're just talking to your neighbor, and your neighbor's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna right. put it up for sale." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's how people find out about mm -hmm. a lot of these. Yeah, yeah, sometimes that's it exactly. Um, so, what what are your goals long term as a city council member? Um. As I mentioned before, make sure city council, what we're doing, that it's explainable, that people mm -hmm. understand what we're doing, um, you know, by um, just like the process I just talked about with this, um, with uh, senior housing is kind of explained. This is a process so people know what it's about. And that, um, that, pro that process, Minnesota Management and Budget, they, they're not judging the project. They're just awarding funds. Mm. So if we didn't get get the funds this last January or last um, or this past July, it's not a rejection. We just didn't get awarded. But but the other thing is, I just want the government to run well. Mm. You know, um, I, I think that's the thing about it. I th we have very, you know, Lauderdale small. We have five staff members, <laughs> the whole city. But I, I want it to run well. You know, and to be available for our citizens. Sure, and tell me a little bit, what does I want the government to run well look like? Um, I think I'm still finding that out in some ways, <laughs> because I'm new, you know? But I, I um, and, and part of it is just hearing what's going on, is, but it, I, I, and in my experience, I find that um, our city administrator, assistant city administrator, and the city clerk, they're all very willing to step up, and, and if somebody comes in, they have a question, to answer your question, mm -hmm. and I think that's part of it. And then also for us is if when issues come up that we examine those issues and come up with a, a good decision um, and, and and probably stick with those decisions um, unless we find out something else, that mm -hmm. things are not working or we, we get some new facts. 
that's a great sign of leadership is to stick with decisions and then unless you have other information to, right. to change mm -hmm. the course that you're yeah. embarking on. So mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Um, so uh, you mentioned your dogs a couple times. So I'm kind of yeah. curious how many dogs you have and what kind of dogs are they? I, I have um, two Border Terriers. Um, I also have a mini wire dachshund. Um, and I, uh, the, the Border Terriers are not a common breed. Um, they're, they're kind of small. Okay. You know, uh, and, um, and I do a number of different activities with them. So I do travel around. Uh, there's, I, I go to the National Border Terrier Specialty. And a specialty is dog events just for that breed, basically. So I was just out in New Jersey for the last one. Okay. Uh, and what kind of events does that look like? Um, first of all, the first event usually during a specialty is what's called Earth Dog. Mm -hmm. And the small terriers and dachshunds were bred to go underground after fox, badger, mm -hmm. otter. Um, and if you look at it like for a fox, for instance, if the fox is killing your chickens a couple hundred years ago, that's... That's a um, life and death matter. <laughs> yeah. The chick is providing you protein with eggs, <laughs> and, and you're going to harvest them it, it too. You got to eat them. So you, you, so people would, you know, hunt the fox, and they needed a terrier to go into that den and to bolt it. Um, they also use them to bolt the fox to do fox hunting. You know, back in England. Um, but the same with badgers. Badgers could be killing your lambs or something like that. So, so. Um, so Earth Dog is an artificial test for that ability, and you, um, there's a, they have to go 30 feet with three right turns, and, it get, and the tunnel gets more complex. So the, the, the den or the tunnel is, is the top of it is, is level to the ground, um, and it's dark, and then um, the junior is just straight. The, the senior, there is a, um, uh, off of one of the corners is a false den, where they put some bedding um, material so the dog may uh, discover that, and also a, a back door a bent, uh, that's not scented. So there's, they're also supposed to follow a scent to where the quarry is. And the quarry is two rats in a cage behind some wooden dolls. Oh, wow. Um, so they, they have something to bark at and stuff. <laughs> and and the, bat, the, the rats, um, Sometimes they sleep. They get you know. They don't care. <laughs> they, they know they're well protected. Yeah, so, they're like, we so. got these dowels here. We're fine. Right, right. <laughs> and, um, and then the master level is, you. They get paired up with another dog they may not know, and they're supposed to hunt up on the field, discover the den, and go through the process. That's really interesting. That's awesome. That so. that level of uh, complexity that goes into a competition right. like that. Yeah. So. And it's what they were bred to do. Mm -hmm. So, but there's also like agility, um, uh, obedience, uh, uh, a coursing event called Fast Cat where they race 100 yards, um, barn hunt, and then the confirmation show, which is sweepstakes for, you know, the puppies and. Um, the veteran dogs, if they're over seven years of age, and, and that's um, that's just kind of a fun event. Um, people still take it quite seriously, but, but generally, it's a, a breeder who's who judges that, and um, so it's it's kind of fun to go into that. And then it's the confirmation show, like Westminster, um, where they they have um, the non-champion dogs compete as a dog or 
The females are called bitches, and that's okay to say the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it's best, uh, best of breed, which would be the best in specialty show. That's great. That's so, awesome. So yeah. I can tell you're so passionate about that, yeah. the way you're, mm-hmm. you speak about it. So that's wonderful. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to um, uh, let our residents of Lauderdale know um, as you are in your new role as city council member? Wow, that's a good question because I haven't thought about that before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know, we're, um, I think, again, we have good staff and the council members just want to do good for the city. I, I, they, they don't want to harm the city, they want to do what's best for the city. So, um, and, and to get things done um, well. We don't want high taxes. Um, we, we, we're actually, I think, as a city, has lower taxes than many of our neighbor communities. So I think the city is being run well, so I want to just maintain that. That's great. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming on and chatting with us about this and um, looking forward to continuing to work with you on the North Suburban Communications Commission as well. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Learning about that too. (laughs) Yes, I know. Communications, isn't that fun? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dwayne. You're welcome. And to our viewers at home, thanks for watching. If you've enjoyed this content, please like and follow us on social media and consider uh, checking out our e-news blast so you get the best videos of every week. You've been listening to City Speak. If you've enjoyed this show, please like, comment, and share on social at 9 North Media.